This episode is brought to you in part by The Table Podcast from the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. I'm Daryl Bach, one of the hosts, and I invite you to join us as we discuss issues of God and culture, which includes anything and everything. Listen on your podcast app or at dts.edu slash the table. This episode is brought to you in part by Richmond Graduate University. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly. Richmond Graduate University can equip you to become a licensed professional counselor, integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmond.edu. I was having a conversation earlier this week with someone who is a pacifist. Uh, that's a Christian who believes that uh, the taking of human life in every circumstance is always wrong and that, uh, and that military action, war, is always morally wrong, uh, which means, in this person's view, that Christians shouldn't join the military, shouldn't uh, participate in warfare, and ought to work against uh, war in any circumstance. And so we ought to be the people who are the people of peace. We follow the Prince of Peace, and so we should support and wage peace rather than waging war. Now, one thing I want to say, uh, first of all, when I, when I say is in the title of this that I'm not a pacifist, one of the things that concerns me when I say that is that I know that there are many people who are in sort of my tribe of evangelical Christianity um, who would say, well, of course not. Pacifism is ridiculous. And then I've heard a lot of that, of people who... Uh, make fun of uh, people who are pacifists and who say, yeah, that, that's really going to stop Hitler. You're uh, standing out and, and simply giving uh, nonviolent uh, civil disobedience in the streets of Vienna. Uh, those, those sorts of things. That makes me very uncomfortable because if Jesus teaches us to be pacifists, then we should be pacifists. And I don't care what one would say, well, these are the implications, uh, the real-life implications for this if we were to do it. That's the same sort of interpretation of the Scripture that uh, other people use to jettison a Christian sexual ethic. Well, that's the ideal, but that, that's not how it works out in, in real life. If I had to choose between someone being a pacifist and someone who is saying, I'm not a pacifist because that's obviously dumb, then I'd rather somebody be a pacifist because at least this is someone who's seriously grappling with the text of Scripture and is seeking to follow the Lord Jesus. I'm not a pacifist, and the reason I'm not a pacifist is because I don't think that that's what Jesus is teaching. I think that when we look at the at the Scripture, we see, first of all, a uh, positive demonstration of some justified violence in the Scriptures, including those very difficult for many people passages in the Old Testament where God sends His people into into war. Now, I think that the way that some Christians have used those accounts has been disastrously wrong uh, because of a bad interpretation of Scripture. 
So if you take, for instance, uh, God's uh, sending with his direct command of Israel uh, into uh, the land of Canaan and, and waging violent war, you say, well, that means then that the church should have the power of, uh, of enacting violence, enacting war on our so-called enemies. Then you don't understand the pattern of the Bible. Israel and the nation of Israel is not fulfilled in some nation state or some uh, church state union, as we've seen at various points in the past. The nation of Israel is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. The story of Israel is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And Jesus actively disarms the church when he says to Simon Peter, put away your sword. Simon Peter wants to, wants to fight and Jesus says, you're not going to fight. He, he further carries that on with Pontius Pilate when he says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting. And the implication is, and they'd be winning because there would be uh, the, the possibility of 12 legions of angels and the power of the Father and the calling down of fire from heaven present uh, with me. Jesus doesn't do that, though. He disarms the, the power of the church. So the church fights with spiritual weapons. Church does not fight with carnal weapons. That said, though, the Old Testament gives us circumstances where God does use violent uh, military action. And so saying that in and of itself, violence is always uh, morally wrong means that one either has to impute evil to God or it means that one has to do the sorts of things that, that some people, uh, Greg Boyd is attempting this in his uh, new book, The Crucifixion of the Warrior God, in which the Israelites of the Old Testament aren't really being commanded by God to enact warfare. They're just understanding it that way, and the Old Testament is just giving to us a descriptive recounting of that and not giving to us any prescription uh, at all, uh, or or even any insight into who God actually is. I I think that that treatment of the Old Testament scriptures is just radically different from the way that Jesus treats the Old Testament, in which he, he speaks of it as the Word of God and says that the scriptures cannot be broken. I think that one has to do violence to the authority of Scripture in order to get the Scripture not to ever be violent. Uh, I think that's a mistake. And somebody who holds to a, a conservative confessional doctrine of Scripture can't do that. But that's not the main reason. When it comes to pacifism, I think that the, the New Testament does teach a distinction and a marked distinction between the way of the kingdom that is seen where Jesus is actually ruling now and the legitimate role of the state in the time between the times. And so when Jesus is speaking the Sermon on the Mount, the Sermon on the Mount is not something that's being imposed on states and governments. Although people who hold to the the Sermon on the Mount and people whose lives have been transformed by the Sermon on the Mount are going to have consciences that are going to be different than those who, who don't and are going to be better informed than those who don't. But the message of the Sermon on the Mount is coming to the people who are under the rule of Christ. 
the state is not yet under the rule of Christ. We have the time right now in which 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that God is working to put all of Christ's enemies under his feet. How does God do that? He doesn't do that with coercive power. He does that with the power of the Spirit. So when Jesus commands to us nonviolence, he's commanding that to those who are under his rule. So he's saying that to you personally, and he's saying to that to us as churches. So if someone strikes you on the cheek, uh, the, the response is to turn the other cheek. Someone lashes out against you, then the, the reaction is Romans 12, not to exercise vengeance, not to lash back, to forgive, and to turn everything over to the vengeance of, of God and to, to wait upon the vengeance of God. Well, why? Because we are the people who have been brought into the end of the ages. We've been brought into the new creation under the reign of Christ. Pacifism that doesn't differentiate between the church and the world is a pacifism that I think is unbiblically utopian. I think it is, uh, to use the, the language that William F. Buckley uh, used to used to use, uh, piggybacking off of uh, Eric Vogelin, immanentizing the eschaton is, is what's going on with that um, in a way that I don't think is legitimate in terms of the use of the, the New Testament. Now, I do think that in the New Testament, there is a use of force on behalf of the state by the legitimate authorities that is not treated as necessarily immoral. So Romans 12, uh, ending in Romans 12, speaks to the church about a nonviolent ethic and then says to the church, the power of the sword that is taking place around you with the legitimate powers that be, that is, at least under certain circumstances, a ministry, a, a service to God. Now, that's defined really carefully as to what authority the state has and what the uh, state does not have. The state is to commend that which is good, and the state is to punish those who are evildoers. And so the state's maintaining order, and the state is maintaining order while the church goes forward and creates not order but shalom creates uh, actual peace, creates uh, integration of, uh, of heaven and earth in the lives of people, in communities of people as signposts of the kingdom. And so I think there's a legitimate uh, use of, of state power at, at some points. Uh, Jesus encounters soldiers uh, in the Roman military, and Jesus, who doesn't have any problem at all telling people to, to walk away and repent of various things in their lives, including uh, the rich young ruler, say, give up what you have and follow Christ, never does that with those who are in the military. If they were involved in something that is, uh, is in and of itself necessarily immoral, one would think that Jesus would say, come follow me and sin no more. Walk away from the military and sin no more. Jesus doesn't do that. It's, as a matter of fact, with the centurion, he commends the centurion's faith, the centurion who has a child who's sick, and comes to him, and Jesus is going to go with him to his child, and the centurion says, no, 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 I'm a man under authority. I know, I know what, it, what it means to have an order being given, and so you just speak the word here, and I know that my child will be healed. And Jesus is not even in Israel. 
have I seen this, this sort of faith? So I don't think that there is a blanket condemnation of military action. I think that in certain circumstances, the New Testament would affirm military action and would, it would in fact see it to be in some cases a positive good. Having said that, just as pacifism is, in my view, utopian, militarism is utopian as well. And militarism is utopian in a, in a more dangerous way than pacifism is. Because pacifism, I think, is biblically wrong in the same way that I would say that, that, that someone who, for instance, um, is King James only is wrong. I know people who believe they believe the Bible, and they believe not just the truthfulness of the entire Bible, they believe that the King James Version is completely without error in its translation. I don't think the Bible ever claims that for itself. The Bible claims authority in the text of the Scripture, and there can be mistranslations and bad translations and less-than-ideal translations. That doesn't affect the authority of Scripture. But I don't see the person who's KJV only as being as dangerous as the person who says, yeah, I reject KJV only, and I reject the authority of Scripture itself. I say, eh, most of the people who are KJV only, I think they're wrong, I think they're mistaken, but they're mistaken usually out of the right motives. They, they want to defend the authority of, of Scripture. And so as long as somebody wasn't in my congregation being divisive with that or, or coming in and condemning other people, then I wouldn't really have a problem with someone being, uh, being King James only. Uh, I think that's a similar thing with pacifism. I don't think that the Scripture teaches pacifism, but in almost every case, uh, and again, I would bracket out the people who would come in and say, well, uh, God's use of violence through Israel or in the flood or, or, or various other places or, or with the uh, potential sacrifice of Isaac is immoral. That, that, that's, that's dangerous uh, sort of talk. But most of the pacifists I know aren't doing that. Uh, they're simply saying the New Testament calls us to be people of peace. That means we can never approve of war. We can never, uh, we can never participate in war. I don't agree with that, but I commend the motivation behind it. And I think that you have people who genuinely are seeking to follow Jesus, even if they're following Jesus in a way that I don't think the Bible uh, mandates or, or gives us uh, warrant to, to pursue. Militarism, on the other hand, the idea of, of a morally neutral understanding of using force, uh, where you have people who sometimes are simply caught up in national power. And so any time that their nation uses uh, violent force, regardless of what it is, uh, they're on board. Or people who, who take a certain kind of delight in the idea of violent uh, action. Uh, that's what I think is dangerous. Not, not just because it's dangerous in terms of state policy or it's dangerous in terms of, of culture. I think it's dangerous to the people who hold it because it is a uh, it is a rejection of the way of life and the way of, of peace that Jesus has, has given to us. I, I think that's, that's dangerous. So again, if you said to me, you've got one person here who's a pacifist, you've got one person here who is a blanket militarist, uh, 
And you say, which one is right? I would say to you, neither of them are right. But if you said, which one are you worried about? I'm worried about the blanket militarist. I'm not worried about the pacifist in terms of his or her heart, uh, his or her uh, seeking to follow after Christ. I am worried about the blanket militarist. And I think that uh, in in many cases, uh, in a culture such as ours, there are probably more of us who are tempted to be blanket militarists than there are to be pacifists. And that's not only the case in terms of um, in terms of state policy. It certainly is the case in terms of our personal lives. So if your attitude is, well, I'm not a pacifist because I think that's naive and that doesn't work. And if we did it, we'd all be – if we followed that way, we'd all be speaking Russian right now. And so I'm not even going to grapple with what the New Testament says. Well, you're in – you're in a dangerous place because you could just as easily apply that uh, to your life personally. Well, yeah, but if you start turning your cheek, if you start giving your cloak away, uh, then you're just going to end up being bullied and you're going to end up uh, enabling people to come after you even more. Well, by that point, you, you have worked your way out of the authority of Jesus and you have a view of realism that is standing against the words of Christ, which means that Jesus is not, in fact, your Lord. Realism is. Your view of reality is. That's a really dangerous place to be. So I think pacifism is wrong, but I don't hate pacifists. I think pacifism is is not what the Bible teaches, but I'm not really worried about uh, pacifism uh, taking us in a, in, in, to a place to which we, we can't return. I think we ought to listen to the pacifists around us. We ought to apply the New Testament, search the scriptures as the Bereans did, which I think will bring us to the conclusion that a blanket pacifism is not what is required. But we listen to the broader point. And the broader point that's there is that we are following a Christ who sends us in the way of peace, and we are to be the people who see, see violence even in, or even if, there's a, a legitimate place for it with all of the, the caveats and the, the limits that just war theory would, would give to us, which I affirm. Even when that's the case, we see that as a lamentable aspect of a fallen world, not the way that God designed the world to be, and not where God is ultimately taking the world. And we listen to the the underlying point of our pacifist friends, which is to say God is leading us in a way of peace. We are to be peaceful people who are seeking, so far as it is possible with us, as the scripture teaches, to live peaceably with all people. That's what's right about pacifism. And I can reject the rest of it but say, I still need to listen to you and be reminded that when I'm tempted to fight for myself and I'm tempted to avenge wrongs, no, 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 no. I'm somebody who's in a different kind of kingdom, and it's a kingdom that doesn't fight like that. This is Russell Moore, and you're listening to Signposts.